I've taken like three pregnancy tests and I am for shiz up the spot. How did you even generate enough pee for three pregnancy tests? I'm telling you I'm pregnant and you're acting shockingly cavalier. Is this for real? Yes. Fuket Tyler. That ain't no Etch-a-Sketch. This is one doodle that can't be undid, Holmes Gillett. I think it's best to just tell him I'm pregnant. Who is the father? Pauline Bleeker? I didn't think he had it in him. I know, right? <laughs> wow, your shorts are, like, especially gold today. Uh, my mom uses color-safe bleach. Go, Carol. You should look at adoption ads. They have ads for parents. Yeah. Hi, I'm Vanessa. You must be Juno. Hi, I'm the husband. A couple of baby-starved wing nuts. When this is all over, we should get back together. He's still gonna think I'm cute when I'm huge. I think you're beautiful. Did you by any chance barf in my urn? I would never barf in your urn. Did you see that coming when she sat us down here? Yeah, but I was hoping she was expelled or into hard drugs. You're like the coolest person I've ever met, and you don't even have to try. I try really hard, actually. You love him. Hey, you know, you could go into early labor sucking face like that. Bell's palsy. Welcome to Recap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I'm your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Too much. It was Friendsgiving this past weekend. It was pretty oh, fun. Oh, yeah. I saw the pictures. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's too much food, too much booze, a lot of laughing. Can't really beat that. Yeah, no, you guys Everyone was happy. had a good time. I haven't. I went to one of those before I moved. I'm like, this is a, a wonderful tradition you guys have. And then I left town. Yeah, kids running around all over the place, making a terrible mess. Those <laughs> those kids making a mess. Yeah, kids. Do um, that. Yeah, and uh, I never thought I'd say this, but season five of The Crown. Yeah. Oh, Man. I told you it should have been Ethelred the Unready. It's unfortunate. Dark Ages Kings. I think I I preferred uh, the previous sets of actors, and I preferred oh. the, I preferred the older story. I think the new story is just sad. Yeah, a lot of sad things happen. Those yeah. people during the nineties, but it was tragic. Yeah. It was tragic. Yeah. Well, you know, you'll bounce back if you want a slightly <laughs> more uplifting story. You should watch a friend of the family on Peacock because that shit is a mess. Hey. I had heard about that. That's based Woo! on a true story, right? Yeah. And yeah, I I think it's I saw a document. I think Netflix did a documentary about it before sure they released the. Yeah. And um, seeing that, I'm like, what? How 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 many kidnappings? Uh, it was a lot two of kidnappings a lot of, of kid- the same yeah. person. And several, then he also kidnappings. He also yeah. had sex with that girl's mom and got a hand job from that girl's dad in his car. Great, awesome. Good. I will say the scene of uh, Colin Hanks jerking off uh, Jake Lacey in the car is pretty fucking funny to watch. It it seems like he made a big mess. Um, but yeah, it's great. And they actually they're doing another documentary about another girl that he kidnapped on Peacock starting tomorrow. So great. it's like 
yeah, this guy was a legit monster. It's wild to watch it because, like, at the time, the FBI didn't know, like, no one knew that pedophiles were a thing, basically. <laughs> so every couple minutes is like, he's got this, I don't know, affliction, predilection. It's called pedophilia. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> They're just like, mm. yeah, I guess he likes kids. Mm. So yeah, it is it is wild to watch, but uh, highly recommend it. It's very, very good. Um, flying solo in the Lone Star State. This podcast chief sex education and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Not much. You do need to. You do not need to watch that show. I watched the documentary. You should watch it. It was the show is better than the doc. It was no, enough. It was yeah. enough. It's uh, it's too much. Like we no, literally it, watched abducted in plain sight, right. and then watched uh, leaving Neverland. The Michael Jackson oh, one. I did We're not like, watch oh, that great! One. A great double feature. <laughs> Why would you? Not like back to back, but within okay. the same one another. Same time on like, different TVs. No, it's as like, soon as I saw uh, it. I, I, yeah. No, as as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is this is that Tiger King. Peacock always has been doing this. They yeah. did it with Tiger King. Like, well, sure let's did. let's do our version. I'm like. It's the same stuff, man. <laughs> to me, this yeah. is a lot better than the documentary. Um, the actors are really—I mean, Anna Paquin's in it. I love Anna Paquin. Man, if you want to see Colin great. Hanks jerk off someone, cool. I don't—I don't need to see it fictionalized. I watched Bold the doc. Colin Hanks jacking the dude off in a car on a rainy day. That's like number seventy-eight on my oh, list of you. things I want to see. Like seventy-eight. Well, you'll get there. Yeah. I mean, one of these oh, days. Life—life wow. life is long. I will get there. You're right. <laughs> you got time. Yeah. Uh, guys, we have a special guest this week. One of my trivia teammates in the class of 08, Kate Hallman. What up, Kate? Hey, guys. I'm I'm very excited to dig into this one. So I yeah, I've I've got a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of things to discuss here. This is going to be a good one because this week we're talking about Juno from 2007. It's on HBO Max. I know it's other places as well, but I I did not uh, write the whole list down because just it's free at HBO Max. Let's do that. Um. The synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes, when precocious teen Juno McGuff becomes pregnant, she uses a failed rock star and his wife to adopt her unborn child. Complications occur when Mark, the prospective father, begins viewing Juno as more than just the mother of his future child, putting both his marriage and adoption in jeopardy. And that sounds like it's a Lifetime original movie. Like, that sounds yeah, so much heavier sound. than this movie. Yeah, that's... That's what that's, happens, but like, is that yeah, dark? Sort of, but but they emphasize that part. I'm like, there's right. other things that happen. Michael Cera's yeah. not even in the movie, basically, according to them. Right, right. J.K. Simmons <laughs> doesn't even exist. Uh, Dave, if you could give us a rundown of who is in this movie. Sure, Elliot Page as uh, Juno McGuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's 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 a great character name there, Mag- McGuff. Uh, McGuff, McGuff, the crime dog, huh? I actually listened to a podcast about uh, the origins of McGruff the Crime Dog the other oh day. It's uh, fascinating, <laughs> fascinating stuff. Michael What pod was that? Uh, it was uh, a sub episode. I'll figure, I'll I'll look it up. I don't remember exactly. It was a two part episode where they talk about two you know parts from a things in the eighties and nineties that. Mm. Uh, kids of pretty much our our age groups like let's dig more into this and figure okay. out because apparently there's like a soft rock cd that they they recorded with mcgruff the crime dog singing like tunes about not doing drugs it's really i want to hear really that good <laughs> yeah um michael sarah as uh paulie bleaker another great name i don't know where they get where they're where, where, where they're getting this from but uh jennifer garner and jason Bateman as Vanessa and Mark Loring, the potential adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. Allison Janney, love Allison Janney as Big Bren. Janney 
J.K. Simmons as Mac, the the McGuffs. That's Juno's stepmom and her and her dad. Um, Olivia Thurlby as Leah, Juno's friend. Rain Wilson works at the convenience store. Um, Valerie Tian as uh, Su Chin, the uh, anti-abortion protester. That's a that's a that's a fun little part. Uh huh. Um, and the uh, clinic receptionist Emily Perkins. She yeah. says some really. Funny lines. She had, she had some Diablo Cody lines to say. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's go around the horn here and give some memories of the first time we saw this one. Dana, what do you got? I think I saw it in the theater. Like, not maybe right when it came out because it came out on Christmas Day. On what? Christmas. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So probably not right on Christmas, but definitely like in the theater. Yes. Okay. Okay. Katie, how about you? Yeah, so I was actually still in high school when this movie came out. So I am also pretty sure I saw it. <laughs> you just blew Dana's mind. Old. Very old. Okay. okay um, sorry. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. But I do know that I was in high school when I saw it. Okay. Okay, Dave? There was snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh... Picture it, Sicily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, college. Uh, what theater? Don't recall. Uh, but yeah, I saw it in the theater and I bought the DVD. I think I still have it somewhere. I, I like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This might be the first time all four of us saw this in the theater. I also mm-hmm. saw this mm-hmm. in the theater. Um, this was right after I graduated from college, which was in December of 072. Yeah. So I don't remember who I went to go see this with. It would have for sure been on a date because I wasn't going to see this like by myself or with the boys. But uh, remember liking a lot of the Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go with Dave to go see Juno. I think um, I saw it sometime in in the winter because together, it be I I don't think so. It it became a bit of a phenomenon, and that's when I because it, it, it just kept making money like crazy, and they're like, mm-hmm. and I heard it's like oh, there's like, it's meant for people our age at the time. I'm like, all right, I, I guess I'll check it out once. I think it may, I may have seen it at the at the Dollar Theater back when. You know, Bef- you know what? Before it was a Costco, maybe. I have no idea. Dave, there is a legitimate chance we did go see this together. There's a movie that we went to go see in the winter of 07, right after I got back from college. I remember this because it was the first time we went to that new theater across from Nequa. And we went with Mark Thompson. And I remember yeah. saying, I'm going to go get a small popcorn. He's like, yeah, man, give it a shot. And I'm like, what? And I went <laughs> to order a small. And they were like, you sure you don't want a large? I'm like, no, a small is fine. And they're like, well, a large is only 70 cents more. And I'm like, no, a small is cool. And she goes, let me get you the size comparison. And I'm like, we went back and forth with me and this clerk for like a solid 30 seconds. I was high off my ass. Right? So mm-hmm. like I was having a hard time maintaining. And then I got the large and Mark's like, yeah, I told you they can't. They won't let you get a small. Like they're going to argue this down all the way till you get a large. So this could have been that movie. I was pretty ripped. So I don't know if it was this or not. But yeah, that, that definitely happened. Um rewatching as an adult dana did it make the grade or should they held this back um i said i thought sorry i'm like trying to use two different keyboards um <laughs> I... what are you doing <laughs> getty lee over here i don't know what that means anyway oh, um rush <laughs> you played bass and bass oh, yeah, okay, okay, at the same okay. time got it i was like what the film with oh chris no. hemsworth good movie and... nikki lauda huh <laughs> yeah sorry i'm totally <laughs> Um. Yeah, I thought it still made the grade. I think it's you know some of it hasn't aged necessarily well because 
you know, it was the mid to late aughts. But yeah, I still thought it was a good movie. I was just like literally just sitting there watching it this morning, forgetting that I should be like taking notes. Like, <laughs> you gotta oh, write I'm things in- down. I was like, I'm enjoying this. This is good. Yeah, yeah. Makes it great. Okay. Katie, how about you? Um, yeah, I, this one for sure holds up for me. I just I'm probably gonna insert some personal stories in here a couple times. Um That's what so we're here I- for. <laughs> Uh, um, I am adopted. Uh, so is my younger brother. We are five and a half years apart. Um, and so I remember seeing this movie because it was really the first time that I felt like there was a film that kind of embraced an adoption story, um, in a, in a kind of a unique way. Um, and I just, Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman just kind of take this very heavy, serious uh, source material and make it light and funny and nuanced and thoughtful. And I, I've just always really enjoyed all of those elements of this film and all of those still hold, hold true for me. Okay. Dave, make the grade for you. Some of the dialogue listening back, I'm like, (sighs) I, I may have thought it was clever and cool back then, but it's just yeah. cringe. It's it's weird now. Mm-hmm. Um, music good. I've I bought the soundtrack and and the DVD. I've watched this movie wow. several times. Um, a lot of weirdness in the middle there that I'd forgotten mm-hmm. about. I'd completely forgotten that uh, uh, Jason Bateman was in the movie, uh, and then. <laughs> <laughs> that part popped up and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh no. <laughs> um but overall, yeah, it's 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 a very different take on a on a situation that's very common in, in, in teen films. And I remember thinking even back in the day when I saw him, like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, made the grid, hundred percent. Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I mean, the movie is genuinely good. Um, the pacing is good. I doesn't get bogged down. In fact, there were like a bunch of scenes should have been edited out or anything like that. Do have some very major problems with Diablo Cody's dialogue writing choices that we're going <laughs> to talk about later. Um, that stuff really graded on me when rewatching this, like particularly in the first act, it's like it's front loaded with all this Diablo Cody jargon. So like it made the grade, but I think it would have been a better movie if it just kind of got out of its own way sometimes and stopped trying to out clever everyone with the dialogue and just like wrote regular lines for these people. But yeah, yeah. Um, genuinely better than I remember it being. So there's that. Um, I'm going to get us going with a couple of fun facts here, which is out of character, mm-hmm. but there's a couple of these I had to do. So uh, Jason Reitman asked Elliot Page what he thought Juno would listen to, and he suggested the Moldy Peaches. Um, their music makes up nine of the 19 songs on the soundtrack because Elliot was such a big fan and Reitman felt like it worked perfectly with the character. I guess originally Juno was supposed to be like super into glam rock. And then when they kind of put that together, like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, it doesn't fit at all, which, again, to me, feels like it's Diablo Cody trying to be a little bit too clever. Like, oh, we'll make her super into glam rock because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but yeah, they they essentially listen to a lot of the music that Elliot suggested and they're like, yeah, this fits perfectly. Um, so that's why so much of the music kind of flows throughout the movie. And then the chemistry teacher in this movie is played by Cut Chemist, the DJ from Jurassic 5. He's also the DJ in um, that scene from um, Jennifer's Body where the whole bar goes up in smoke. He's one oh, of the Diablo uh, Cody players, apparently. <laughs> Just get cut mm. chemist if you have like a role for chemistry or a DJ. He does both. Um, any other fun facts on this one? 
No, look at that. All right, I I did it. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> not, not particularly terribly All exciting. Right. <laughs> well, then let's get into the recap and the segments here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I don't always do this, but I do want to start with the opening credits for this movie. Um, opening credits were really kind of set the the tone for the whole film. And I wanted to know, um, do you guys think this is more or less hipstery than the Napoleon Dynamite opening credits? Uh, as a reminder, opening credits for Napoleon Dynamite are just plates of really unappealing food with the credits written right. in like mustard and barbecue sauce and stuff on on the food. Um, these opening credits, the whole thing becomes like a crudely drawn cartoon with cartoon Juno walking around town and stuff. So like which one takes the cake for the uh the hipster crown for you guys? Uh Napoleon Dynamite. I totally forgot. Oh, like, all right. I totally forgot. And I was like, what the what do you mean the opening of that? And then I'm just like, oh stupid fucking plates. Food. Yeah. Just plate after plate of, of like shitty looking food, Salisbury steak. Like cafeteria yeah. food, yeah, yeah. No, and let's just put it, let's just put a nice indie song over that and yeah. We'll 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 do something weird. We'll either draw pictures of something that's actually happening, like the walking's really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going somewhere, but uh, let's <laughs> and, and and then we'll, and and then we'll get there and see what's what. We'll just draw some pictures and see see what's going on. I, I like this song better than the other one. Yeah, the opening for um, Napoleon Dynamite was that I can tell that we were going to be friends. Yeah, they're they're of they're the similar to me. They yes, very back to very, back on a playlist. All I want to be my That's exactly what he said. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah, nailed it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, I, to me, these are more hipstery because of that song. Like, I think back to 07, I think these opening credits probably felt very cutting edge at the time. But now, like, we've seen all cutting of edge. these things. No. I think so. What? Not like technology wise, but like Why? stylistically, because no. the the hipstery um, <laughs> illustration style, the really bad like block letters that you see in this movie on a lot of things, like all those things feel really cliche now. I don't think we really had those as like part of our culture broadly yet in 07. This was like early stage hipsterism. Yeah, I mean, okay. we can we can we can, we can blame this on Zach Braff if you want to start right now. I blame a kinda, lot of things on Zach Braff. He, he kind of started this whole thing. He's like, We're just, I'm just going to tell my story, and it's got it's got a lot to do with music, man. <laughs> Is that your and Zach then, Braff voice? <laughs> and, and then we'll go from there. I, I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not trying to do a voice, and he just seems like kind kind of a cool. That's the way a cool guy talks. Oh, yeah. God. Jersey, something I should know it. Uh, Garden State. Garden That's State. Why. Garden State. I'm gonna yeah. try to fit, fit that Jersey. in somewhere because that do I got stories about that one? That's a about Jersey. That's, that's, Tell me. No, no, about the movie <laughs> about the movie Garden State. Um, okay. Oh, brother. Yeah, yeah a, I tell an emotional story over indie music. Uh, and, I mean, that's and, that was a time. 
there's and then it led into Juno, which led into what? What? what a couple the, the of infinite things. playlist movie. Nick and Nora's that. infinite playlist. Yes, there it is. That's yeah. another one. We'll yep. get to that one. Days of summer. These are all the same fucking movie. Yeah. And and there's a ton. Like uh, what was that one? Uh, up up and away with uh, Jim Jim uh, Halpert from. Uh, I have forgotten. Like that Jim Varney? What? Ernest? No, no. Oh, no. Gosh, uh, I wish it was Jim Varney. What's What's his name? The guy who plays Jim from The Office. Is, uh, is uh, Krasinski. Titch Katsafrakis. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. John Krasinski. And, and, and and that's another one where the cover of the DVD looks like the beginning of the movie, where it's like a crudely drawn something or other, yeah. and it's hipster people trying to navigate, you know, something in life. Oh my God. This is a very mid aughts. Very mid aughts. I'm, I'm happy hipsterism was a flash in the pan, man. I, yeah. that, it took over pop culture for a sec, and I'm like, I think we're all better off without all those standalone mustaches. Um, so the first thing you see in this movie is Juno just standing outside drinking Sunny D from a jug, which, God, that's unappealing to me. Like, I don't like Sunny D in general, but like lukewarm what? sunny d out of the give me orange juice do you want no, the purple you stuff orange juice. You, yeah. you don't want i want that purple stuff yeah you don't want extra sugared orange juice that's all it is it's the same thing that i don't want i don't want uh miracle whip just regular fucking mayonnaise please i don't want yeah. just Fair. what what is this imitation mayonnaise imitation orange juice <laughs> just give me the straight hey, dope i like miracle whip i'm gonna say that oh, right now oh my god last week it was what? warm beer and now it's miracle whip Hey man, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So she's drinking from this Sunny D jug, and then we have the Rain Wilson. I, I guess I call it a cameo. I guess I he fucking was hated rhyming. this. He, he, he was like scatting back at her, like, "What's up?" <laughs> he was but scatting cup, back. Or, at her. He was saying some stuff he, like that. Yeah, I, I hated this scene. Too clever. Yes. Too clever. Yeah. Like this, it really felt like Diablo Cody was just like trying to flex all of her dialogue writing chops at one time. But I was immediately taken out of the movie by this. Um, yeah, he's only in this one scene, but frankly, it was like a little bit too much for me to handle anyway. But since talking about some of the dialogue and some of the writing, I did want to get into some potent quotables here. What did you say? Um. This is truly like the good and bad of Diablo Cody. Like, I I understand you've got away with words. Sometimes you don't have to do it. Like, there are some writers that have like a very distinct voice. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> like, sometimes it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Aaron Sorkin is a good example of this too. Where like mm. sometimes the way that you write works. Sometimes it doesn't. There was some Studio good 60 writing in the movie. On well, the Sunset Strip? Totally fine. Totally, uh, that show would have been great if it was funny. It yeah. wasn't funny. It's one of That's what I'm saying. That was my example. It, but it's not funny. It's not funny. I, I always point out the newsroom. The dialogue writing is fantastic in that show because it wasn't fits meant really to be well funny. what they're doing. So not supposed okay, to be funny. Yeah. They should have taken yeah. some of the funny parts. In, there were funny parts in newsroom. And there was some funny that parts. For, for, for Studio 60. Yeah. They, Damn it. Like, the, the problem that I had with this one, like, there's some good writing, but a lot of these lines feel really inauthentic or, like, unrealistic for anyone, yeah. much less a 16-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to – there's one – there's a, a bunch of these that I can call out, but I'm going to I'm gonna pick one and then kind of see what other ones you guys wanted to talk about. But the moment that I'm talking about with Rain Wilson that just killed me, where I'm just like – I threw my hands up in the air this morning in my office by myself – he said she's shaking out the the pregnancy test, like trying to get to change or whatever, I guess. And he said, this is a direct quote, again, that a man said in the movie. That ain't no etch-a-sketch. 
This is one doodle that can't be undid, home skillet. Nobody who has ever lived would ever say that string of words to anyone ever. Like, that is so beyond unrealistic. No one talks like that. He's also like, your ego is prego. Like, yes. The, I, yep. It was just yeah, so he, casual. Yes. I was like, what is that? Your, your waffle, your frozen waffle is pregnant. I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. So he's just, he, he's just rhyming. Like, like I said, he's scatting. I think when she walks in, it's like, oh, well, if it isn't the crime dog back for the third time today, what up, McGuff? And I'm like, Dude, nobody uh, would say these things to people. Man. What are we fuck, what the fuck are we doing? What if he was like younger? Would you have been okay no, with it? No, no, the only, no the, the only way this works okay. is if he is a super old black man. <laughs> like if he's <laughs> if he's like um I don't know. Batman uh, Carruthers. <laughs> well, yes, if Cab Calloway is playing hey, his role. How you doing, you know, you do that. <laughs> yeah, no. This is Sidney Poitier, sure. But it's no. Rain but... Wilson for like eight hours. Let's see what you can do with him. Yeah. I, I, I just, and this uh, was it. This was it. I did not appreciate it. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. I feel like I liked I don't know, I wrote some stuff too. I liked Alice and Janie seem to make her line. Oh, work. she does everything great. I know yeah. she's fantastic. I'm trying to think what I wrote down. I see um, that bleaker kid again. I'm gonna punch him in the wiener. I like I'm that. Like, he could call it a wiener. I'm like, that's hilarious. I did laugh at that. Calling a dick a wiener <laughs> is always funny. Yeah. 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 She would just like sneak ones in of like someone else is gonna find a precious blessing from Jesus in this gar- garbage dump of a situation. Yeah. Or yeah, when Alice she Danny, like always good. Yeah. Tells off the ultrasound technician yeah that one i don't think but that wasn't like clever it's i think it, yeah it's just janny it, it wasn't Gianni diablo in that line yeah trying mm. to be too cute by half i just think do it was know, like do you know did you throw up in my urn there was a bunch of <laughs> you know my nice urn stuff yeah my nice urn right next to the door and, and she was talking about uh, she just had a big uh it's 64 you're slushy so, yeah. and she's the nice throwing up in it well, and the best part, the best part, she goes, Comedy. I found some blue shit in there. And then she sees Liberty Bell, the little five-year-old goes, oh, blue stuff. Blue stuff. Like, yeah, I also have to catch myself cuss in front of my kid. Blue stuff. Yeah, I just, there's some Juno lines. Where I'm just like, again, no teen would say these things. Um, The one that has stuck with me all these years that has been like the totem for me of why I don't like Diablo Cody's writing. Can you just hold on a second on my hamburger phone? Again, no mm. one would say that. Just say, hold on a sec. No, it's faulty wiring, and sometimes it's sure. Quite, so you got to shake know, it a little bit. You know what it happens? Makes perfect sense. What? That happens to every phone. It's oh. not a hamburger specific phone problem. Just say, hold on a second. I could have been like, hey, my novelty phone. Would that have been better? Because nope. I, I don't know. No, that no. one. Okay. Just, just say, hold on a second. That's all you got to do. Uh, she says at one point, I'm not crying. I'm just allergic to fine home furnishings. Stop it. <laughs> you are 16. You can never have too many of your favorite one-calorie breath mint, says a teenage girl. Ow, ow, fuckity, ow. No one talks like this. No mm. one ever mm-hmm. talks like this. Oh, it just bothers me. It just, it just, just, just write, listen to a person talk and write down what they say, Diablo. It's more pork fun this way, though. Pork swords. Pork swords? Yeah. Anyone say, you ever heard anyone say pork swords before? I, I never heard a dick <laughs> called a pork sword. Yeah, that was that was new. But they did the slow motion, like right across. I'm like, yep, there's one, there's one. I'm like, look, look at those. Yeah, just call so it, just call it a wiener. That's fine. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. McGuff gets it. 
Wieners. Mr. McGuff gets it. Yeah, I just again, I know she's got away with words and she's good with her with her text. I get that. But like you you want to drop in one of these in the movie? Okay, fine. You cannot make this like anyone's regular vernacular without me just going, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Um now I know that uh Dana is not a fan of kissing in films, but we this movie does have a romance it's angle. Not that I'm too. not a fan. It's like you does, hate it, is I it think. adding is it adding <laughs> to the plot? Is it are we wasting oh, no. time on it? Like it's more about what does it do to drive the story forward? It's and it's nothing best awkward and weird kissing I've ever seen in my entire life. It Boy. was amazing. Yeah, Incredible. The, the kissing um like, uh, oh, it was it was better than the kissing uh, and but I'm a cheerleader because that was some, that was some oh, gross that was, kissing. That was some weird those are weird people doing yeah weird yeah. kissing yeah mm-hmm. but I, I did want to get into some love at first semester here. Um we must we, we do must. Uh I want to toss this out to you guys. Did we have a grasp of the relationship between Juno and Polly like before the movie started? No, because um, I have I've never met these people before. Well, of course really... not, Dana. Did the movie tell us enough about them before the based, hand? Based on what I heard, I believe it, it's just like they kind of circled around each other, like knew we, knew of each other. One day they got bored, and there, and here you go. Stick it in, I guess. So right? they were friends, and then kids get bored and are dumb, so just they do it. It seemed like they were in a band. I feel like I saw pictures that pictures in Juno's room. Oh, of the yeah, two of them in a that band. band thing too. They were in a band, band at too. one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I never. But I think those—that's all they give us. And mm-hmm. frankly, I think that the movie is pretty focused on like those thirty-two weeks. So it's like because she finds out that she's pregnant at like roughly eight weeks, and then yeah, pretty. There's like a little snippet at the end that's after delivery, but I don't, I don't know that it matters what their relationship was prior mm-hmm. to pregnant well, because it's really like a, a central plot point, I guess. I, I don't, I think they're pretty focused on those like 32 weeks, so I don't really know that it matters. I don't know that it mattered, but I was confused by a lot of their interaction. I think because I didn't really know what they were before she got pregnant like the first thing we see is her taking off her underpants and mounting him then everything she says about him after that makes it seem like she has pretty serious feelings for him she said that she knew a year ago that she was going to have sex with him uh her friend says that juno is in love with paulie and rather than saying she isn't she's just like i don't want to talk about it so it seems like they were never dating. Um, they were just like hanging out one day, you know, like Dave said, and she was like, yeah, just come and get in these guts. But like, no, I just, that's what so Diablo pleasant. Cody would have written for her to say. Yeah. I just, um, no, get all, get all guts. up in here. Get yeah. up in these guts. There's Diablo. Diablo Cody. How you doing? There she is. Yeah. I just, um, I think the reason that I'm kind of thrown is because if they had, if they were like, dating before this that impacts the way that they are during the pregnancy and also if this is like a one-time hookup that impacts how they are in the pregnancy we don't really see him involved like at all as her pregnancy goes on and to the point that like there's a part where his friend vj is like hey did you hear juno mcguff is pregnant and he's like yeah i heard did you hear it's yours he's like yeah i did i heard so it's like I don't I, I needed to understand 
what was going on with them to kind of understand why he was so uninvolved after the actual conception part. I feel like they make it like, I don't know, to me it seems pretty obvious like eventually, but like, I think right when they're about to have sex, I think he's something like, oh, I've been like wanting to do that. I forget exactly what the line was. He did say that, but I I said that every time it happened the first like 30 times, so. Okay, well, I don't, little Polly Bleeker (laughs) doesn't seem like someone who says that. And yeah. I think she goes like, I know she fucking Han Soloed him. She did. Um, and I think that's kind of the point. Like, you know, like they there's a lot of stuff said throughout the movie that like Juno's like, you know, not like a normal, you know, like she doesn't really know who she is or what she is or like what type of girl she is. So I think there's like, I think they set like teens are weird and like that's her best friend, but maybe also someone she's attracted to and like she doesn't know and. Was like, well, if I'm gonna have sex, like, it might as well be Polly Bleaker. Like, why not? Kind of it thing. Seems harmless. Yeah, and I just <laughs> so don't think that. they understood like their feelings or didn't want to make it weird or awkward or you know, like I think they, yes, they never like talk about them dating or being boyfriend or girlfriend or anything. But like, you can definitely tell there are feelings there. And it, and I think for Juno, I think. Maybe saying she's into Polly while she's pregnant, I think might like affect her feeling about the kid. So I think it's more like, let me finish this. Let me get through this thing that I did very stupidly. And we'll see what's what. Yeah. Like, let's get this out of the way. Fair. Okay. Danny, you solved it. Bravo. You're welcome. You did it. Congratulations. They they do establish that Polly lost his virginity to Juno. So like there's obviously some feelings and a certain level of comfortability that was involved. That is true. Yeah. They they were obviously like very good friends. Um mm-hmm. I think the the reason that this hung with me is because later on in the movie we see her really kind of going out of her way to like put distance between the two of them. And I was mm-hmm. confused by that because if you're if you're sincerely like have feelings for this guy and he is essentially like throwing himself at her being like can we please be together and she's like giving him a full mutumbo like finger wag in his face and like i don't yeah that's the one i don't get it because i'm used to seeing the Pauly character be like a big jerk in these moments like damone and fast times at ridgemont high piece of shit just a garbage person but Pauly was like nothing but sweet to her the, the whole time and like yeah. right off the bat she's almost saying like she knows he didn't want to have sex with her which doesn't make sense because it's like no he he really did um you know when she brings up that he was just bored and so they had sex he's like no 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 here's all the ways i was not bored and like i i want to be together with you there's a lot of stuff on television that day i know um again i think it's this whole thing of like being dave always goes teenagers are stupid and i'm gonna say it like in the other way i think it's like she doesn't know how to process her feelings um i think she like you know, while her dad's around, her mom up and left, and she has that line about like new husband replacement kids. Ouch! That's got you know, that was like, like a so thirty think... second throwaway. I'm like, that's that's <laughs> gotta that, yeah. that, 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 like shape someone's. Yeah, there's got there's a lot there. On all those yeah. cacti she has she's... now too. Yes, whole yes, room full yes. of cactuses. And yeah. those killer cacti. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I think it's just all of that. Like, she doesn't know what to do with her feelings for him. There's this baby that like, and I think it's just like, I think she knows that Bleaker's mom doesn't like her. So I think it's just all like, let's get, let's get through this. Let's, 
and I think it helped her seeing the way um, Mark and Vanessa interact. Like, I think it helped her realize that's like, oh, it's rare to find. Because he says, like, I like you for just the way you, just yeah. the way you are. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Music yeah, podcast, Billy Joel. Don't go yeah. changing. Oh, um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So this all this all is making sense to me. But now I'd like to talk about Katrina DeVort because he's trying to date Juno. Like Polly's like, hey, we should get back together after you have the baby and everything. And she's like, no, 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 you should go out with Katrina DeVort. Then he asks Katrina DeVort to prom and she's like outraged by this. And I was <sighs> thrown. Like, I don't know if this is just, again, like Dave said, teens being stupid or what, but I'm like, you can't do that. Uh, Brian, mm-hmm. I've never been a teenage girl. I have not. There it is. And that's that's why you don't get it. I yeah. No, no I, I I was like, is this the game? I was like, I think this is the game. She's not like, like negating I'm, him. She's not no. mystery. Oh okay. no. no, she's I not. Mean, neg- well, if you were a teenage boy, you'd understand negging. <laughs> she's not <laughs> negging him, but she's yeah. she's aggressive. Like, hey, do this thing. He does that thing. He's like, how dare you fucking do that thing? And I'm like, well, I am. I don't know what to do here. I'm zigging and zagging everywhere. It's very I, funny how her face was stuck. Like she just kind of makes that that snarl face. I thought that was very. Funny. I did openly laugh when we saw Katrina stink eye. I think she uh, is. Keep it a little bit like separation of church and state, where she like this potential relationship with Polly, and then separate from that is this now. I guess somewhat they've involved their attorney, so you have this somewhat like legal agreement with this adoptive family, and so the best way to. I think in a teenager, I'm trying like in a teenager's brain, the best way to separate those two things would to t- be to take Polly like off the table. So if she ho- like if she hooks him up with another girl, then that maybe eliminates or she feels that that may eliminate like some sort of conflict for her. And then when it actually happens, it, she has to run it back and and go, wait, no, 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 no. Like my, my feelings were genuine. I should never have, have planted the seed to put this wedge in here. Uh, I, yeah. I relived so many arguments I had with my high school girlfriend in that moment. I'm just like, I, I did a thing you that you told me to do. And then you're mad that I did the thing. And it's like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. And I, there's no right answer here. I'm just in trouble in general. So yeah, yeah I, I felt with- for him in that moment. That's the way that hallway conversation ended. It's like f- f- fine. I mean, I try. I tried to be supportive. Like I, I wanted. I would have gone to the ultrasound. I would have been involved. Yeah, a little bit. And then she, they just go back and forth. I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, that, it, it, felt, it felt very true to life. Like that was every no argument I had in high school. No I mean, one knows what they don't no. know what to do. No, no and I, I've, I've thought through like what I'm gonna tell my son when he's of age to date people in high school. And I think the first thing is like. You're not gonna marry these people. Like, if if it stops being fun, if you guys are fighting, just break up. Like, just if it's not fun anymore, break up. <laughs> There's no reason to be sad in high school with the relationship. You're gonna you're not gonna marry them. Break up. Move on to somebody else. Like, it just felt it's like time to learn to yeah, grow. Have fun, pal. Yeah. Just have fun out there. I had such little fun. Well, anybody don't pick anything up. That's right. Yeah, don't Mal don't clean. do anything that can't be undone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Have have fun, and uh, when it's not fun, move on. But 
yeah, I, I just, I, oof, that, that felt accurate. And uh, thank God they did lighten it up with Katrina's permanent stink eye. Cause that did lighten the mood quite a bit. Seeing her face that, that cheered me up. There was some weird fact that was like, Katrina could have had Bell's palsy. I was like, okay, IMDb <laughs> trivia. No, dude, like, that's, I looked through all the trivia. I'm like, that's not a fact at all. I'm like, oh, Jim Ross and Bell's palsy. And, yeah, the, the, those facts were dumb. Most of them was just like, well, these big stars took lower salaries. I'm like, this is this is stupid. These are not fun. Well, not I, fun I got facts. I got the good cut chemistry. Bell's facts. palsy. That's that's <laughs> yeah. Good. I was Some like, IMDb, relax. Um, Relax. Now we we should really dig into kind of the meat and potatoes of this movie here, which is sure, the sure. character that Jason that uh, Dave forgot existed. No, Let's I'm talk pretty about sure Jason that I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I blocked this out of my head because it's dramatic. It, it starts <sighs> off like sort of innocent, but is gross because this is a sixteen year old. Sixteen, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they 16. just in the house together alone. It's never I not a I don't think it's ever okay. Never. No, okay. no. I, I, watching this at 37 feels real different than when I was 22 and saw it in the theater. Yeah. Like at 22, I remember feeling like, oh, this came out of nowhere. Like I'm blindsided mm-hmm. by him being like weird and creepy and gross to her. At 37, I'm creeped out by him the whole time. Like the second I see him, I'm like, oh, this motherfucker, you're one of those, aren't you? I can fucking mm-hmm. tell. Like, oh. yeah. Weird grooming. It's, it's like hipster grooming. It's like yep. so. What 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 kind of hipster stuff they gonna talk about? Like big like seventies glasses that that aren't your prescription or oh, horror, shirts. They're gonna talk about horror movies and and they're gonna have really deep takes about horror movies. Yeah, makes sense. Got yep. it. That's yep. how. Oh, and they're gonna talk about music that he likes from the same era that she. Oh, okay. This is it's 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 weird grooming. Yeah, it's that, weird. That, that Gibson Fender conversation felt true to life. I've had that talk many times. Well, Fender's yeah. garbage. It get, is. Get you, get you a Gibson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot of red flags with this dude that that I, again did not pick up on any of them when I was 22, probably because I was real fucking stoned. But like right away, he's up here doing like a sing along and regaling her with tales of his time in a rock band, like moments after meeting her, and I'm like, well, that's. Your wife is downstairs. Like, if you want to play music, that's fine. Why not just like do it in front of everyone together instead of all alone with her? Kind and of there's isolated a lawyer, up in this room. There's a lawyer here too. There's, a, there's an attorney. An attorney at law is downstairs. Like a... Build by the hour, man. Build by the quarter hour, most likely. Abogado. Yeah. What? <laughs> Accidente. Yeah. Um. When I was 22, I I saw that cold feet thing as commentary about like the birth mother changing her mind. The way that she looks at him when she says it now, I really feel more. It's like he got cold feet and changed his mind. Like she's Jennifer Garner is very concerned that it's not going to go through when they first meet her. And essentially is like, hey, like, do you want cash? And she's like, no, I, I just want the baby to be taken care of and loved. And then she's like, well, OK, good, because we, we got close before and there was cold feet. And then she right. looks over at him and he looks sad. And I'm like. Oh, yeah, because you fucking backed out. Like, you ruined it the first time. She's worried you're going to ruin it again this time. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I didn't read it as him. He's a piece of shit. I, <laughs> I think that's a pretty big leap. And, and actually, knowing what I know about um, going through, especially domestic adoptions, I would assume that it was the birth mother that backed out. I mean, yeah. yeah, I that would make a lot more sense. Um, 
And maybe it's just me thing- reading into things because I hate Jason Bateman in this movie so much. No, there's there's in the that's the thing. In most states, it's really tough to codify this stuff when it comes to adoptions. It's it's a contract for a person exchanging mm-hmm. a person and at a later so date. To, so you have to be really delicate and it all no matter what, every state's just like, well, the mom has the right to change yeah. her mind at, at any moment. When yeah. whenever she even if she's taken like Okay, not at any not, well, not, not yeah. two years later. Sure. <laughs> Understood. Like, yes, once it's signed and the baby's over, I'm yeah. But uh I'm I felt like maybe they given money to several people before that could have been the case yeah. and they're like are we getting burned it's is it going to happen because because the way once they left the first time and she kind of just fell into his arms i'm like this is the one yeah. maybe i've had that like two or three times like we've been strung along but this is this is going to be yeah. the one no I, I had it happen to like a former co-worker that like they had given the person money not just like thousands medical expenses like all this stuff yeah. at the last yeah. minute the woman was like I'm keeping it. Yeah. And yeah. luckily, like my coworker wound up like finding out a couple of weeks later, she was pregnant herself, but it was just like, for them, mm-hmm. it was like devastating. They'd been trying for so long. Um, but yeah, I think people do back out. So I was, I knew you're going to ask a, a question in a second, but I wanted to come back to you, just the Jason Bateman of it all, which, you know, talk about this motherfucker. Have y'all ever seen the movie hard candy? No. Oh, yeah. With Elliot page in it. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's Patrick like, Wilson. Yeah. He's a, he's a lot worse than the Bateman character, and if you saw the movie, you would understand what I mean. Really so you just like if you've seen that movie, it's basically like I actually never finished watching it, but I think it's like that like, the Patrick Wilson character in that movie like has a penchant for like taking pictures and maybe like assaulting like teenage young teenage girls, and like oh, no. Elliot Page plays a character who kind of like sets him up to exact revenge. So like you're and I'm like. Run, Jason David, run! <laughs> it's <laughs> diabolical. No, it, it, the, the ending—you're just—it's—it's it's a crazy ending. You should watch the end sometime. You I couldn't that. finish watching it because that's how uncomfortable Hard Candy is. It's oh, like boy. very uncomfortable. Yikes. Um, but yeah, so I just—I was getting that vibe. But yeah, Jason Bateman's character—I think, like Dave, like I didn't forget he was in this film. I just forgot how much of a fucking creep Same. he is i forgot what a big what a big part of the movie he was in my mind yeah he's in it like one scene then later on he's a creep to her i didn't realize oh it's it's ongoing it's from like jump and i'm yeah. just like sir yeah. it's like if you're ever like i don't know he just kind of puts it on like i met you it, he never they never say it like explicitly but it's like I met you, Juno, and it opened my eyes to how terrible my marriage was. And it's like, no, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, you're just a piece of shit, dog. Like, yeah. now, do we think that Juno was into him at all, or was this just her like being oblivious to him being a creep? I think it was. It's like it. I think it was just like these seem like cool people. If during this process I can get to know these, co- I'm sure if uh, J- Jennifer Garner wasn't at work all the time. She'd be talking to her too, but probably yeah, that's he, right. He's he's there, and they have similar interests, and completely innocent. Yeah, yeah. nothing, nothing. No. He nothing also like that. paints Jennifer Garner's character, like Vanessa, as like oh, like she's no fun. Queen oh, you of the can't hobbies. come over. Queen of the hobbies. <laughs> Queen of the, she, she's a real the Simpsons reference. Duddy. The Simpsons deep cut. 
ha funny a funny duddy no fun yeah i guess yeah like oh you have to go or like there's that one point where i think she pops over like juno pops over and they're like oh vanessa's not here we're in the clear ew no gross Mm -mm. gross Mm -mm. not okay allison janney was like that's unacceptable juno he's a married man it is not okay yeah you can't do that can't do that you know that she juno was oblivious is because she had no idea that that was not acceptable until her stepmom said hey girl real real that back in yeah. you also have to think about like at the time how ostracizing it would be to be pregnant in high school yeah so i think probably for her that you know she's found a friend outside of high school that's not judging her for being pregnant and is in you know supposed to be excited for her that you know they're adopting her baby and this whole thing so i i i do think it's it's pretty very very innocent on her part that's kind of what i was thinking too like to me it didn't it certainly didn't seem like she was trying to be flirtatious or like sending him any kind of vibes at all we didn't really see juno flirt in general but like she didn't she didn't seem to change the way that you know she acted around him or anything like that to like try to you know make herself appealing to him um i do think if it was a boy her age who was doing all these things like sharing her his music with her and like watching movies together and all that kind of stuff she would for sure think he was into her so i think it's more just like i wouldn't expect it because it's so inappropriate given the nature of our relationship um i i don't know it just watching it again i'm just like i don't at some point she probably should have realized oh this is not just him being a cool guy but i I mean if i was 16 like i don't know that well i don't don't think she would have like because i think like there's also like the hormones of being pregnant yeah i also think she has like a really chill open relationship with her dad like so I think she's just like, oh, cool True. dudes. And then there's that other part of the movie. Like, it's interesting. It's like almost like a throwaway. And now, I don't know, 2022, which is kind of gross. But her friend, like, has the hots for that teacher, oh Keith, or whatever that Kenneth, oh whatever my the God. fuck his name yeah. is. And he just Buddy. looks like the look like a dad from, like, an 80s movie. Like He's a legit schlub, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, he's just so hot. And I'm like. So we have that juxtaposition of a teenage girl who's attracted to an older man who isn't attractive because Jason Bateman's a good looking dude. So it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just, it was interesting. I think that's where they like, for her, maybe it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility to be attracted to someone older because her friend has the hot fucking math teacher. But at the same time, I think in her mind, it's like, no, I'm giving this dude my kid. Like we're just hanging out. Like it's fine. I will say uh kudos to diablo cody for writing this particular line when we find out that her friend is a crush on the teacher the only thing we hear her say is oh my god i love woody allen movies too and i'm like that is shade at woody allen being a creep ass <laughs> like that was that was well executed watch that documentary on hbo max if you want to be grossed out and sad about some shit god I couldn't damn. finish that one that one was heavy heavy that shit um now, we talked about this real briefly a second ago, but how do we feel about the way the movie portrays Jennifer Garner kind of generally here? I thought she was excellent. I think she, there's She's just really like good. so many like subtle 
little things like little indignities that she just bears the brunt of mm-hmm. like they're constantly making jokes like i think there's some juno's complaining about something or they're talking about something about pregnancy and uh jennifer garner says some comment at my friend say like x y and d she's like well lucky it's not you or some shit like that and you're yeah. like oh juno come on this lady was really excited to get your kid yeah and like jason bateman said something and just like just like you just see the little pain and she just plays it so well of just swallowing that little bit of pain putting a smile back on and can put plowing ahead with the with the conversation i thought this time around i don't think i noticed it when i was younger because what what did i know it 20 whatever when i fucking saw this film goddamn thing um but now i'm just like wow she was excellent excellent in this film you feel so badly for her she's a better actress than i think i gave her credit for i said the same thing in um what was that 13 going on 30 i'm like no jennifer garner that film well i didn't like that movie but she was good in it and now all she can do is capital one commercials and i'm like no put her in fucking movie she's really fucking good you just see peppermint I did peppermint in the theater. Her, my, my wife her, loved it. Her, her, it's a revenge epic, man. That movie's peppermint. I, I was sitting like, oh, this movie is not good. We left, yeah. and my wife was like, that was so fucking good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> like, so, movie is not good. No, someone's got to make the money to afford the McMansion. And yeah. I'm done. And being, and being a jingle writer ain't going to do it. So she's not, she's not nowadays. The bacon. And, yeah. and make, making the kind of money to support that sort of lifestyle. I bet she works 80 hours a week. Yeah, man. She's never fucking home. Like, just to bank enough to be able to, you know, afford a, a kid. Yeah. I thought you were going to yeah. comment on, like, Jennifer Garner being those, like, Capital One commercials. I was like, Affleck saddled her with, like, four kids. And uh, I don't know facts. how good that he is. Fucking Phoenix I, I can tell you he's not a good dad. On a plantation. Get out of yeah. here. Right yeah. on a fucking plantation. We, we talk about that so often, but... But it's being mentioned every fucking time. I think I'm here on a plantation. Um, yeah, for I think me, it's J Lo's plantation. I'm oh, sure she would love me saying that. I'm gonna Jesus. get fucking murdered. <laughs> I'm not sure what her fans are called. The the, the J hive is coming for your ass now. Like I, this was another case. Like watching the way that the movie shows Jennifer Garner here, another case of me watching this differently now than I did the first time around. Because the first time around, I was like. Okay, she's like a nagging wife who doesn't want her husband to have any fun. Now that I watch it, I'm like, oh, she's 100% fucking right. It would suck to be married to somebody like this. Like, he doesn't seem to take any of this stuff seriously. She's over here picking out paint colors on her own, and he could not be less interested. She is clearly uncomfortable with him being alone with Juno, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway, though. Like, when they were at the mall, and they were watching her from above, like, play with that little girl. In my mind, I'm like, oh, no, they're going to show her like being mean to that girl. And that's going to give Juno second thoughts. And I'm like, oh, no, she's like absolutely lovely to this girl. Like what a great mom she's going to be. And then to watch Jason Bateman act like, you know, she's out of line for being like, hey, man, you're not going to be a rock star. (laughs) Like it's not going to happen. Like, Dave, we have one friend who's like a professional musician and plays all the time. I don't oh, yeah. even think he thinks he's going to like blow up and become a rock star. He's like Jason Bateman's age at this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you hit an age. Like Kate, your husband is in a band. I don't think Nick thinks they're going to go on a world tour one of these days and like that's going to be his job. I think I know. No. <laughs> no, he's good and it's just like yeah, at some point you have to realize like 
I'm playing music now because I like it, not there because it I think it's like the rest of my life is going to be me, you know, headlining and playing the Tokyo Egg Dome or whatever. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, no, but he's he's uh he's got some growing up to do if he wants to be a dad because Jesus. he acts like a kid. Yeah, a little punk bitch. Yeah, so um, she's yeah so, yeah. so Jennifer Garner's already taking care of a kid. Yeah, lots of experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or like good. That heartbreaking thing where they're like, when she comes home with all that stuff, and Juno's like, "Wait, like, don't you have like a baby shower?" Oh like God. when Liberty Bell was born, and she's just like, "Yeah, people just like don't want to do it if they don't know if it's a sure thing." I was like, yeah. Ugh. "I'm like, oh, <sighs> the daggers." Oh, my heart. And my Jason heart. Bateman you know? could not care less. Is completely no. oblivious to this. Like, yeah, she'll take care of everything. I just, he sucks a lot more than I remember him sucking. Um, yeah. He plays I, it so well too. He, he does, really well, well, he he plays like a smarmy asshole really, really, really well. Yeah. Like you ever see the gift at that? Mm. that Joel Edgerton directed it? Oh yeah. Where is like That's here's no, is it where you open it and or, yeah, is that is that Frank Langello have a face? No, right? no, no. That's the box. We talk about that often too. Damn it! I, I keep I, this I comes keep up so confused. many times because I uh, bring up the gift and you guys bring up the box and yeah, I'm like, what's the box? Box. Is it a button? And one person will die, but I'll get a million dollars. Cameron, I'm pressing the button. Franklin Jella. No, I'm pressing the button. I'm pressing the button. I'll press it. No, I highly recommend the gift with Jason Bateman. He's also like an asshole in that one. It's very good. Highly recommend Joel Edgerton. Chef's kiss. Great. I think he directed that too. He did. Mm, it was really good. Nice. Rebecca Hall's in it. It's really good. All right. Rebecca Hall is in that movie. Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca. Uh, she's not let's, Australian. Let's she's about, fucking well, British. Uh, hey, Joel Edgerton is Australian, oh, yeah. and he's talking to Rebecca. Oh. There you go. I thought that was South African. Um, it could be either. Let's, I don't know. Let's talk about the slow dance scene in this movie here, because th- this is the if if he did not have a heel turn yet, this is his clear heel turn. My notes just say no. Oh no. Oh my god, no. Stop. Don't touch her like that. Don't touch him back. I'm just like, I'm so grossed out by this whole thing. And like it's weird that even when it's clear that he's trying to make a move on her, she's not like noticing what's happening. Like she's just not it's so outside of her frame of reference. You know, it there's that part where he's like is something between us and she looks down at her belly and it's like an Amelia Bedelia thing. It's like, no, no, no. He's like asking if you want the D and you're like, yeah, my stomach is in the way. I'm like, no, this is, Oh, I hated that scene. I hate it. I was so well, uncomfortable. That's when he weird. tells her that he's going to leave Vanessa <laughs> and my wife. <laughs> and Judah's like, well, that's not okay. And he's like, I thought you'd be cool with it. I was like, are you looking for the approval of a 16 year old pregnant girl? Shut Why up. would you think that? <laughs> Like, why would you think that? And he's like, well, how do you think of me? Why do you come over here? Because you're going to be the father of her unborn child, you loser. I'm a lonely teen and I like your music. <laughs> the only Ugh. boy that I like is Michael Sarah. So, like, <laughs> nice to have somebody Ugh. else to look at sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did, did we think that he thought she was going to, like, leave with him when he left Vanessa? Or Yeah. He think so? thought that. Ew. He's like, I'm an older guy. She, she'll love an older guy, right? That's Is that what he wanted, though? I think. Cause it, otherwise, why would I he tell her? So. Mm. They could like, be otherwise, together. Otherwise, why tell her? Yeah, they won't have the kid. Or what, would they have the kid? 
I, I think he was like, give Vanessa oh. that baby. You and I, you're my manic. That's pixie what dream I thought girl. he meant. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't like it. She's like not it. a manic pixie dream girl at all, but I think in his mind, that's what she was. Hmm. But yeah, I, oh God, it was just so uncomfortable for me. And like, I don't know why you tell her unless you think she's coming with you. Because I mean, otherwise, just keep it to yourself. She'll find out when she finds out. I'm saying, like, I don't, yeah, you know that she knows yeah. your wife. She'll tell your wife <laughs> unless she's not coming with, and she's coming with you. So, yeah, I, I don't you know. know. I couldn't. Mm, mm, I don't know. I don't like it. That's all it I know. Me, it gave me hives. Is what I'm gonna say mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hives, mic check. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two. Microphone check one two. Oh, uh, well, the hives are on the soundtrack. Uh, it's really? I'm, I'm King Segway. It's not my best work, but it's it's it's, it's some of my work. Um, as we talked about, the soundtrack is very very 2007. A lot of acoustic guitar songs with clever lyrics. Um, turns out almost all the songs you hear in the movie are from Kimya Dawson or her band's Ancy Pants or the Moldy Peaches. Um, Kimia is in the Moldy Peaches. Yes, she's in the okay. Moldy Peaches. She's also in Anti Pants, and she has like solo stuff. So if yeah, you go yeah. through the soundtrack, you see her name a lot. Also, Anti Pants and the Moldy Peaches. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's 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 all over the soundtrack. But um, all I want is you by Barry Polisar has been in a billion things since then. Um, it's in the opening. Yeah. You're singing it perfectly. And then harmonica shows up. It kind of sounds like the song from like Robin Hood. That's also the song from Hamster Dance. Yeah, it's that same song. Um now, the song came out in 1977. It's been oh, okay. in like a bunch of commercials and stuff since 07, but I think this is like the first time it really entered like broad consciousness. And I'm like, that talk about a deep cut, a 30 year old song. And then it just gets like second life. Um, that is really Elliot Page and Michael Sarah singing at the end of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. they, they recorded that the last day of filming, like on the street in Vancouver. Um, and Kimya Dawson was there and like coached them on how to sing the song together. And there was an interview that she did afterward where she was like, you guys sing the song better than we do. Like, this is such a, I love the way that you guys are doing this. So to me, that was a really sweet moment. Um, felt like it went on a little bit too long and it did feel a little bit weird to me. Um, I've been in bands before. I don't remember ever just like playing our songs for fun when we were together You play other stuff, but I've also never been about with my girlfriend, so maybe that that changes the dynamic a little bit. But it just seemed weird they would like get together and play the song to each other in front of the house. Well, I think there's a scene of like Michael Sarah playing a song a little bit earlier in the film, and I wonder if that's like oh he started to write this song. Like I think is it like meant to be, be a song he wrote about them. And that's why he's like teaching it to her. So they're sitting out front and playing like. And like mm-hmm. that, if, if it was if it was him saying, hey, like I've worked on this. I want you to play this with me. I get that. This is a complicated song. <laughs> like it's 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 I two guitars it's playing at the same time. Well, oh my God, the implication. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's them. It's just it's a hard song to play and like a hard song to sing because the verses overlap each other. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you would have had to practice this a lot 
to do it this well. Like you guys just know this song. And so it, it would have worked better for me if it was like, I'm teaching you the song that I wrote for you kind of a thing, but it was very sweet to watch them sing it together. Okay. Oh, that was, that okay. was, that was heartwarming. Um, the last kind of thing I wanted to touch on plot wise and all that. Is this movie a sneaky anti-abortion movie? Um, I don't sneaky. think I thought so. Well, yeah, sneaky anti-abortion. No. I don't think I thought so the first time that I saw it. And then rewatching it, and maybe it's because we are now in like a post-real world and I'm just more sensitive to this kind of stuff. But like Juno's initial idea is to have an abortion. Like it's not even like she's agonizing over what to do or anything. Her friend is like, okay, so like are you gonna go to this clinic or that clinic? And she's like, well, I'm gonna go to that one because it's the one where they don't like call my parents and let them know what's going on. So it seems very much in her mind, like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. She goes to uh, the abortion clinic women now because they help women now. And one interaction with Su Chen outside changes her mind. Um, Su Chen is chanting, all babies want to be borned. And I'm like, well, that's that's a you need an editor to get that part right. Yeah. Um, holding mm-hmm. an abortion is murder. Well, it's like I feel like she chose to make Su Chen say it that way. And I'm like, but the girl speaks perfectly fine on accident. Yeah. English. It's a so choice. I really and I don't get it. I don't know why any of the Asian characters say that. Like, that just doesn't feel fun. No. I don't know. I didn't yeah. love that. I don't know if it's commentary on, like, she's just not that smart. Or, like, I don't I don't know. It yeah. just, it was odd to me. Um, But, like, without having any idea how far along Juno is in her pregnancy, Su Chen says the baby can already feel pain. Um, The concept of fetal pain is, like, a very anti-choice thing to bring up all the time anyway. And I'm just like, well... That's that's just an odd thing to kind of shoehorn in here. Yeah. Um, then there's this whole fingernails discussion. Yeah. Uh, the movie mentions the baby having fingernails multiple times. Um, I I don't. Uh, Katie, you said that she was like eight weeks in. Um, I know she says how far after, like how many weeks it and days it was since they had sex, but I didn't write it down. But even if it's eight weeks, babies don't have fingernails until week twelve. Like it's it's entering into the second trimester is when that kind of stuff happens. So my thing is, okay, so it gets brought up by Su Chen, then Juno brings it up to her friend and also to Bren. And to me, it's just kind of like I'm imagining a 13 or 14 year old girl watching this movie, and the way that you hear something at that age and it kind of sticks with you. Mm. If I was like an anti-twist activist, I'd be like, let's get this into the movie and have people think this is what it is, because that's the kind of thing that's going to stick with you like that. And I, again, I don't know if this is me being overly sensitive, but I didn't like how that landed for me. I don't think Diablo likes how it landed because I think that's like, at least within the facts, um, that was like one of the things that she regrets. She regrets that people like took it to be like, I was having a stance against like abortions. It's just more okay. that like Juno just didn't want to and found like she could do this, go this other route and be totally fine. So I think she regrets like how it was portrayed and how it like how yeah how it's been like taken up okay. by the anti-choice mantle. Well, you can you can have a film where someone keeps their baby in a not oh, sure. ideal situation and not have it be anti-abortion. Yeah. yeah. And not have it be anti-abortion propaganda. I mean, that's yeah, there there were a couple things in here where it's like Okay, that's probably not a fact. That's probably not correct. But mm. 
yeah, this is it's just another choice that was made. That like when when you say you're pro-choice, there's there's, there's oh, a couple yeah. of choices, and and, other, and this is and and this was the choice that that was made. Could the other choice have been made, and then it's a different movie? Sure, yeah, absolutely, it's a very different film. I think I think it's a pretty firm, at least for me, I, I think it's a pretty firmly pro-choice. The all babies want to get born, I think, is making <laughs> like the anti-abortion protesters look stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it have to be an Asian character? No, but I, I think it's just like a generic, like making anti-abortion protesters look stupid. And it's, it's it's a great representation of what safe and legal abortion looks like. Like women mm-hmm. can go have an abortion and the world does not devolve into chaos. Like you just continue living your lives. I mean, I hope that, you know, that no one talks to you about their boyfriend's pie balls, but that, you know, boy, how yeah. 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 Her bedside manner was lacking. <laughs> is just that it means the, the choice and to change your mind. And that's what Juno chooses to do. So I, I, for me, it still lands as a firmly uh, pro-choice. And I, you know, I think, you know, like I said, I think I might just be hypersensitive to that because of Roe. And also, um, right before we started recording this, we found out that Katie Hobbs won in Arizona for the governor's race. It's a very political time in general. <laughs> so, like, I am I am on tilt right now, kind of all over the place in the first place. But watching it, I'm just like, well, let's let's at least correct that fingernails thing because that's that's something that you know, as Katie knows, I send out a trivia fact each Tuesday. When I do the roll call for who's going to play, and that's one of those things I would have heard in this movie, and that would have stuck with me because I have a mind for facts like that. Um, Not everything you hear in a movie is a fact. Just want to what? Just wanted you to know. How just, dare just you prevent you from ruining <laughs> trivia games in the future? Um, no, I, yes, there's a lot of a lot of nonsense bullshit in a lot of movies that we've yeah. talked about. But yeah, yeah sure. I think it's just a. Like I started listening to the um, a Slate podcast about Roe a while ago, and it was like they're still like using very old information that is like completely outdated based yeah. off of like old pra- practices of abortion, and it's like this couple, this like super old couple from like the sixties. There was, we're still not we there whoever the anti-choice people are still following that same playbook sorry i'm trying to think of the name of the podcast i was listening to that i never finished slow burn roe v wade okay um, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the first one was i uh, listened to the first the one Wilkies. about uh, watergate yeah oh yeah jack and barbara wilkie uh got their start at catholic speaking circuit talking about the pleasure of sex within their marriage and then oh. it became then they became like abortion anti-abortion activists mm-hmm. it's very bizarre very bizarre yeah. yeah, if uh, I I also watched that um, the documentary about oh uh, not who's the guy that runs Liberty University that had the weird did you watch uh, God uh, forbid is that yeah, did you watch that one I, Jerry Falwell Jerry Falwell Jr. I wanted to say cucked? yeah yeah well not only getting cucked but like into it like living oh. that cuck life boy and I'm like watching that they. They talk about how for a very long time, like the the anti-abortion part of politics was just like not a thing that, you know, evangelicals cared about. And they went through all these other things first, trying to like find something that landed. And they yep. finally got on that. And it's like, okay, we'll just we'll just go with this from now on. 
But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I knew that story a little bit, like because I I followed it when it happened, and then to watch the interviews with this dude who was like, they kept on calling me the pool boy. I worked at that job for one summer. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like I had a whole life after that, and that was like eight years later. And yeah, um, watch that documentary because we watched the trailer it, for it, and Bill's like, oh, I'm gonna good. leave that up to you, and then you oh, tell, you report shit. back. No, that. That Billy Corbin fella, if something even touches Miami and it's yep, an interesting topic, all over it. you got a documentary coming in a year. I guarantee Cocaine it. Cowboys, he's, the U. He's good. He's good. He's really good. He's really good. Yeah, watching that one, uh, my God. There were a lot of, I, did, I didn't realize that he was drunk all the time, just walking around campus, hamboned 24 no. hours a day. You saw him give 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 those speeches sometimes. And he's like, well, <laughs> let me, all right, let me just look. Hey, he's literally was, like Jared swinging Fowler? around it. How's yeah. it going? Like in front of 20,000 people at, oh man. There's a part where he <laughs> comes out to give a speech at Liberty University with a water bottle. And the, I, don't, I don't know what you would call the guy who's banging your wife, but he's like, um, yeah, he'd yeah. always have his water bottle on campus. He wouldn't ever want to think he was really hydrated. It was just half water, half tequila. And you see him give a speech and he like slings it around and spills a whole bunch of it. I'm like, how did we not notice this? Like, this dude was hammered. Surprised he wasn't wearing the, wear the horns of a cuckold. Yeah. I, I, I don't don't know. Well, you, well, you, well, you can't smell tequila, obviously. Yes, you can. No, that's a lie. <laughs> I yes, thought you can. said vodka didn't smell. No, no vodka doesn't smell. Tequila vodka doesn't, doesn't smell. smell. Because, because they're, clear, they're clear liquors, only, only the brown liquors. Yeah. That's that's how I I drink whiskey. This is not real. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm saying this. This is not real. My husband of this is real. Loves they, they, they smell alcohol. Sip it. Stinks. I can't oh, I, understand. I don't sip on tequila, but I'll sip on some whiskey or some scotch. We are so far it's fucking it's off base. Tequila and it makes you want to vomit. Margarita. Yeah, put a margarita. Oh my god. Good. Yeah. To, to recenter stuff. us, uh, <laughs> one of the things we like doing on this pod is taking a look at a minor character. To see if this movie was the start of big things at the peak of their whole career. So it's time for an IMDb deep dive. Oh, I wonder you're gonna pick. Because I I recognize there, there were a lot. I there were a lot someone. of a lot of people that I went through. Um, and a bunch of them had like semi-long careers where all of a sudden they were in like 150 episodes of like one TV show. Um, there's a woman in this movie who is in a hundred and 31 episodes of Vampire Diaries. Yes! That's Caroline! I didn't pick her. (laughs) She was on my list. There's somebody else who's in 105 episodes of something else. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you guys. I picked Emily Tennant. Um, She's credited... That's who it was. That's Caroline from Vampire Diaries. I went through a lot of women trying to... A lot of people in this movie in general trying to find the one to land on, but... Emily Tennant is credited as the pretty to goth girl. She has zero spoken lines. Oh, She's yeah. just there to show like what the jocks are actually into, which inaccurate. I don't think all jocks weird. want like a weird, you know, goth girl that wants to be a librarian. I think that's certainly some dudes, but like I knew a lot of jocks in high school. That wasn't really what they were all secretly chasing after, but okay. Uh, Emily Tennant has 87 credits. This is her 17th. Um, I picked her because I think she might hold the record for being in the most movies that we've done for this podcast. It's like her or Matthew Lillard. She's in four of them. She's in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. She's in John Tucker Must Die, Juno, and Jennifer's Body. I don't know that we have somebody that's in four. She doesn't have a big role in any of those. I think she's like girl in hallway in one of those. And 
Like she's oh, not, you know. There's one on here that I want to do, but I can't find it. Uh, I just look for it on just. Oh, Watch. um, what what was I? Uh, is it the one with um? Is it PCU? Is it Revenge of the Nerds? No, it's with the one with Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. Uh, I love you, Beth Cooper. Cooper, I love, that's... I love you, Beth I, Cooper. I, I saw that. I might do it one day when it's available somewhere, but. Yeah. I, I saw that in her in her IMDb. Being, oh, that's when we should fucking do for this. And mm-hmm. oh, I yeah. literally just looked it up. That's what I've been doing on my other laptop is trying to pick a movie. Yeah, we we should I keep checking well, every week for PCU. It's come never going to come. Ain't never going to do come. it. It's so good. It's such a good movie. So in addition to those four, um, she played young Daphne in Scooby Doo Two. She was an iRobot, Doctor Doolittle. She plays a character named Grace Pershing in all four movies in the Wedding March series. These are Hallmark originals. Uh, it sounds the trash. The the original one is like two high school sweethearts reconnect twenty years later and start their own like wedding planning company after they get married. And then mm-hmm. the other ones are all like they eventually. <laughs> I looked up the Wedding March mm-hmm. four. And uh, eventually they like own a resort that's like just for having weddings at it's like uh, go to this go to this resort to have your wedding and your honeymoon at the same place. And is it J-Lo's Plantation? It's J-Lo's Plantation. Turns out it is J-Lo's Plantation. Okay, But yeah, I whenever I see like you're in one, two, three and four of these movies I've never heard of. I'm like, that's for sure. Hallmark or Lifetime. One of the fucking two. It's a Hallmark series. Um, she's done a lot of voiceover work. So she's the voice of Polly Pocket in all 101 episodes of Polly Pocket. She uh, also has a voice in Johnny Test, My Little Pony, Littlest Pet Shop, and she plays Ghost Spider in uh, Marvel Superhero Adventures. And um, Camden's favorite superhero is Ghost Spider because she's the Spider-Man that can fly. So that's that's what he gets down with. Um, with Sp- Spider-Gwen, if you watched uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. She fo- yeah. that's who she voiced. She's voiced Spider Gwen. No, well, that's the oh, same character. No. So, oh, okay. yeah, Spider Gwen is Ghost Spider and other stuff too. She's got multiple uh, names she goes by. Um, so yeah, I mean, a pretty pretty good career, a lot of voice work. But yeah, when I when I saw that she was in all these movies that we've done, and I did not recognize her, I'm like, oh, I'll be damned. Eh, that warrants being talked about. Um, now that does bring us to the end of this episode and just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Um, only three this week, not a lot of teens in this movie, but Leah is, uh, Juno's best friend, most likely to reveal that she's been having sex with that bearded teacher for six months, the day after graduation. Mm. Um, we had a couple of those at our high school. We had we had a couple of those, and one I, one I I'm probably in some couple, legal trouble for. And there were a couple. And some of my great got married afterwards. I'm like, that's yep. interesting. What? Yep. That's uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, if you go back and listen to uh, our Mean Girls episode, I called you out by first and last name. Who was doing oh, that yeah. shit? And there was another one. <laughs> Haven't edited um, that out yet. Just no, it's that? it's staying okay. in there. I he did it. <laughs> Like he did that shit. There was another one, um, a girl in my brother's class. Uh, I think it was like right after prom or after graduation. Dude quit his job to like be with her. Um, they'd been together for like Yikes. two years and some shit. It's fucking gross. Um, Polly is most likely to inadvertently show everyone his balls when they fall out of the bottom of his teeny tiny little running shorts. Mm. Don't know how they're still in there. It must be taped up. And Juno is most likely to make an entire album of sappy acoustic guitar songs about Polly and call it the Orange Tic Tac Chronicles. 
So I think that's yeah. about what album sounded like in 2007. And it will be recorded on tape. It will be as analog yeah. as it gets. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. With that harmony guitar that she plays that yeah. $71 and sounds like a shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, this next movie is Dana's pick. Dana, have you landed on one yet? I have. Should I stall? Um, no, no, no. I, I narrowed it down. Um, I think I'm going to save one because I think not necessarily a theme we're going to be having in the couple months, but I think it would be nice to like follow up another film that you might be picking in the future. So I'm going to save that one. Um, and this one just popped up. I saw it on Hulu and I was like, oh, I've been meaning to do this one. Um, Pleasantville. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's been floating around for a long time. That has not gotten yeah. picked. It's weird that it hasn't yet. I actually right. watched it like extra, just like a, as an extracurricular, as a fun movie. <laughs> Didn't know it's two hours and something minutes, but oh, it's awesome. Damn it. I'm sorry. sorry. No, I'll start lots, watching it now and hope I get it done in time. to talk about and yeah. uh, actual two good movies in a row. It's a bouquet of riches. It's the first That's time I've ever say. done that. Yeah. But <laughs> we don't do two yeah. good movies back to back ever. I Never, another one I ever. wanted to pick. There's so many I want to pick that I'm just like, I might oh, have I don't to make it three in it. a row, but I could also, you know, just pick a real piece of shit. I think I might do that. This one's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I picked I picked House Party. Wasn't that good? That was well, that but was... then but then but then we did 21, 21 and over, over, which is in a between. Real... That's right, Dave. You ruined shit. it. You ruined <laughs> it. Yeah, you can't Terrible. have anything nice because of me. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. that's what I always said. Um, <laughs> guys, that does it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Recapping Gown Pod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And join our Facebook group, the Recapping Gown Fan Club. We'll keep the discussion going in there all week. If you guys have any opinions or memories of this movie, we'd love for you to jump in and let us know what you think. But if you didn't like what you heard, to quote Juno, geez, banana, shut your freaking gob, okay? Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week.